Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast. Andrea Earhart here, muralist, adventurer, and your host as I interview inspiring artists who are killing it in the art game to show you that it's completely possible to make a great living doing the thing you love to do. We highlight the business side of art to help you reach more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creative freedom. (laughs) Enjoy the show. I was recently interviewed by Paulina with the Hinte Increíble podcast, and she was kind enough to let me share it with you. So this is what this episode is. So Paulina is from Mexico, hence the title of her podcast, and being asked questions by someone in a completely different country made me realize that no matter where you are, typically the same art rules apply for how to start an art business. We talk about how to build your own art business, how I built mine, tips on getting started, and the whole bit. This is also a bit of an introduction to how I got started in my own art business, which I thought would be really informative for new listeners and old listeners, being that the intro I did to this podcast in the very beginning of it all about how I got started is over two years old. We have been podcasting for two whole years. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Anyway, let me know what you think of this interview with Paulina from Hinte Increíble about me and how to get started in your art business. Awesome. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited to have you here. Um, (laughs) Me too. It's such an honor. I found you, I discovered you on TikTok like a month ago and I saw all of your work and it's absolutely amazing. The colors, all of the clouds, the animals. I fell in love with your content, honestly. And I oh, said, thank you. I have to interview her. <laughs> Thanks. So first, where are you from and how did these creative sparks um, start? Yeah, so I am currently sitting in my studio. It's just like just the uh, side of my, or it's a spare bedroom, basically, in Springfield, Missouri. So very small town, Midwest. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of people here as compared to like big cities and whatnot, which is actually a great place to live, especially in this past year. I have really embraced living in a smaller town. But yeah, so I've always been interested in art since I was little. I inherited it from my grandmother. I think we all have that family member that we inherited it from. And I remember just as a young girl, her like breaking out different pastels and trying to get me to paint realistic. And all the time I was like, I just want to paint it pink, grandma. Like, just let me paint it pink. <laughs> and it, it's so funny how what we do as a kid is still very much now the same thing. All I want to do is paint stuff pink nowadays too. <laughs> And anyway, so in high school and all that, I was decent at art, but I went to a really small school and I had a class of about 30 people and I wasn't even the best artist in my grade. I wasn't even the second best artist in my grade. Like I just, I didn't think I could make money from it. I didn't think there was a career. I just like to do it in spare time. Eh. 
got to college, started studying business, which I still use nowadays too. I'm so glad I studied business and marketing and all that. But, and I was about a year in and I'm like, man, I really think that my high school art teacher had the best job in the world, like coloring every day and mm-hmm. sign me up. So switched my major, majored in painting. Fast forward, I just got out of college and I, I studied a little bit of art education as well to how to teach, which it's funny how it all comes together. Now I teach art, do business and painting. So I'm using everything, but just got out of college and I started painting logos for businesses around town because that's just what I fell into. People started asking me for that. <laughs> and I just have, I was like, yeah, I could pay me to use a paintbrush anyway. I'm down. And so I started doing logos and then I got really just a lucky break. So a mix of luck, a mix of networking and meeting a lot of people and having that skill built up in school. I met the right person and they connected me to a popular outdoor store and that outdoor store hired me to do murals all over the United States and North America. And so I had really great training for two years working around all of these other amazing artists that had been in it way longer than me. So I had the advantage of having mentors just right there on the job. And I just, it really sped up my learned the learning curve and just, I got really good, really fast working for them. And now fast forward to now I'm, I don't work for that outdoor store as much still. I like a little bit here and there when they need it, but I've now got to spread my marketing wings here locally in, in a small town and have created a, an art business in a place where art really isn't a big thing. Like art isn't it's not a priority here. People don't pay thousands of dollars for art typically. So I've really tried to create street art and bring art more into the community and just really build up a reputation here locally. And in a nutshell, that's my art career. (laughs) Wow. So I want to go a little bit back in time. So you were studying business and you didn't feel happy and you decided to just stop the business career and What did your family say? Did they support you? That's a thing about being an artist, right? Your family is not always supportive. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that's a lot. That's something that a lot of artists have to struggle with. Either their like spouse or just the people around them are just like, what, you want to be an artist? Because a lot of people don't see art as an actual career. And especially even back then, like Instagram wasn't really a thing. Like I didn't have artists to follow and see what they were doing, which is actually a huge reason why I started the podcast. (laughs) It was like, just show people it can be done. And so, yeah, I switched to painting and I remember having the conversation with my dad about that he's great he was like okay I, I, I don't know <laughs> and my mom was like whatever like I'm, I was very strong-willed all I wanted to be was an adult as a kid I was like don't tell me what to do I know like I want to do my own thing that's all I wanted to be as a kid so they finally let go and they're like okay yeah you do whatever you want but it's funny because fast forward last year I actually won an award for a breakout artist of the year around my town and wow. I, I yeah thanks. thanks yeah and I mentioned that in my like acceptance speech on there and I was like yeah like I remember switching my career or my major from business to art and I remember like the whole room of 200 people just started laughing because they get it they're like I didn't even have to explain they're like oh yeah (laughs) so I'm like thanks dad for believing in me like it it obviously paid off and he's oh thank gosh (laughs) but yeah and a lot of people they just even in the beginning like everybody will will question you every everybody will question you because they 
it's not like a standard thing. You don't study and then get a job as an artist. Typically you can get a job as a graphic designer and all that, but yeah, it's kind of a long-winded question answer to your question of that everybody will doubt you until you make it. And then everybody will be like, oh, I've always believed in you. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that being an artist is mostly about working by yourself, right? Like just you and creating your own path and working with the right people and everything and creating your portfolio. So yeah. After studying it, did you decide to do it a professional thing? Like yeah. manage your, your money and client by client? Yeah, and it really, it started slowly. So I had a bunch of different jobs, doing a bunch of different things. Like I, I worked at a bank and I think the bank was the last one that- oh, you worked I, in a bank. Wow. Yeah, well, in, in college. Yeah, I worked, I did all these, like I did waitress jobs. I worked, worked at movie gallery that I did a bank. And I remember the bank was my last job that I started getting little jobs here and there for art. And so I would just tell the bank that I couldn't come in. <laughs> I was like, hey, sorry, I got to do this thing. And they're like, you can't do that. You can't just call in to go do something else. And I just, I was so like strong or just tough headed or whatever that the thing is. And I was just very strong willed. I'm like, I have this other thing going on. I need to do this. And they just eventually fired me. And I was so devastated. And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, I'm going to figure out how to make it work. And I actually did a bunch of like, marketing promotion stuff before I really did art full-time and so then I just worked for myself forever since and it's been like 10 years but that I remember that leap from having that stable every week I got a paycheck mm-hmm. to oh crap I need to figure out how to get jobs on my own it's a big leap but it's the best decision I've ever made like I said I hate people telling me what to do I love to figure it out on my own and I love to share it too so like Anybody that asked for an interview like you did, I'm like, yep, I will gladly talk about this. <laughs> there's so much information out there. Yeah, there is a lot and then there isn't a lot. There's a lot of artists who like just kind of stay in their studio and do their own thing and they just do it. But there, people have so many questions of like, how do you make money with this? And I'm like, this is how to do it. <laughs> yeah. And that's what called my attention from you. All of the tips and that you are really open, right? Because As you said, some of the artists just keep it to themselves. And it's hard for people like me, for example, that want to live from art. And it's actually really amazing that people like you are sharing it. And so after doing the bank, did you create a profile on Instagram or how did you promote yourself? Yeah. So I went and created an LLC that, so from having a bit of a business background, I knew that was the first thing that I needed to do. I just needed to establish myself as a business, maybe eventually start doing taxes as that. So I made this LLC, it was called Paint It Red because in high school, everybody called me red. I'm a redhead. Red was just kind of my brand. And I was like, I wasn't crazy about the name, but I was like, whatever, paint it red. It's catchy. I've since, I still use that LLC, but I've since rebranded as like art by Andrea. Cause I think having your name, I'm a really big advocate of having your name as your LLC and of any artist. Cause if somebody, so having art by Andrea or a lot of people art by Andrea Earhart, I just got married a year ago. So it's actually Andrea Sanders now and nobody really knows me by that. So I'm just <laughs> like, okay, call me art by Andrea, but having an LLC of paint it red, it was just one more like uh, connection that people had to make 
in their brains to be like, oh, Andrea Earhart is art, or is painted red. It's just so I, I wanted to delete that one connection, and that way it's just art by Andrea. Anyway, so I still use that as an LLC. It's on my invoices and such, but yeah. So I created an LLC, and then I just kind of started painting, like in my free time, and just painting and posting about it. And eventually, through doing a lot of marketing as well, meeting a lot of business owners, I started, you know, getting a little bit of jobs here and there. I started painting a logo and then more and more logos came out. But it was very slow at first. And then I got lucky. I got that like networking connection and then coming back. And after doing that, I had to rebuild my whole local everything. So I started doing street art. Street art is basically like a billboard for your art. And in a small town like this, I say with anybody who lives in a smaller town that doesn't have a whole lot of art, it is a blank canvas. And that is your perfect opportunity to put your art up because so I created these uh, butterfly wings that people could stand in front of. And outside of my town, it wasn't really a new idea. Like I did it in my own way and I did it like in my own style, but wings were not a new invention. I just did it in my town, which, so a lot of people in small town, Missouri thought it was like this amazing thing that they had never seen before. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) okay. (laughs) But they went and they stood in front of it and some people would tag me online and it's, that's free advertising. And that's really how I took that. I'm very business-minded in that way. And it was great because it got to color the town and create a lot of art here locally, but it was primarily a business tactic for me as to help spread the word. And street art is really the thing that started my career back up and got me to be really busy. You were talking about invoices. So in Mexico, for example, to actually have invoices and to actually work with an enterprise, you have to pay taxes and obviously subscribe yourself with with the government. But how is that thing in the United States? Because I'm actually afraid to do that step, but I know that if I don't do it, I won't be able to grow because I won't be able to collaborate with enterprises formally. So what advice would you give to little artists like me that are afraid to do that step? Or when do you think is the time to do it? How did you do it? I would say when you have a little bit under your belt. So I wouldn't say if somebody doesn't really practice daily and hasn't, doesn't have any jobs at all or anything, I'd say wait a little bit, just start that practice of daily painting and posting and just get a couple jobs. But I will say like not having a website and all of that, it does limit you. And I would say even like with murals, me not having insurance would limit me to work on a lot of the jobs that I work on and insurance and websites and all that. There's a time and place and it's hard to say when to get it because it is an expense. It's the cost of doing business and getting used to the cost of doing business. I think that mentality of that, I got to spend money to make money. I think the faster people can get with that program, the easier it is, whether it's hiring a mentor or investing in that website or whatnot, like the faster you do that, it just, it's going to come a lot easier, but to file an LLC here, it's only $50. So if it's just that in your area or anybody that's listening, I'd say, go ahead and do it. 
In California, I know it's 500 or something, which is quite a bit. So maybe wait a little bit longer. Maybe wait till you mm-hmm. paid at least 500 or $5,000 or something in your business to really maybe file that in taxes or maybe even more. I don't know. But I, yeah, it's hard to say, but it's, I'd say at least buy a domain. So if you don't have your website up, at least just spend that $12 on Google domains and, and just buy your place on the internet. Like I have bought art by Andrea E, art by Andrea Earhart. I have Artist Academy, Artist Academy Advanced. Like I have a bunch of different domains because I just, that it, it seals your spot on the internet and you don't want somebody taking your spot eventually when you're going to eventually do it. And what does LLC stand for? Okay. Oh, sorry. It's limited liability company. So it an LLC. So it's probably different in Mexico, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure really how to advise what to what you should do there, but there's probably a way to solidify your business in tax terms. So we, we had that we had to pay taxes as well. So a limited liability business or company, it basically is just a way to file your company name so nobody can take it and file taxes through your business. You can also do it as a sole proprietor. That's what that's called here. Not sure what it's called there, but it's just, and then having limited liability, it comes in handy in the extreme times. So say I'm on a job and I'm spray painting and something goes wrong and I accidentally spray paint over something that's worth a million dollars, which can happen quickly if you're around cars if you're around taxidermy, like if you're around all these crazy things and people are wanting to sue you. And so that's where insurances come in. And that's where, so if somebody sues me, they can't sue me personally. That's why I have limited liability. They can only sue my business. So they can't come after my house. They can't come after any of that. I'll just have to figure it out with the insurance companies under my business. So there's a bunch of different ways. A sole proprietor uh, a lot of people file under that. You don't have that. And again, it's just in extreme cases that something like that would happen. But yeah. Thank you for the tip. <laughs> Sounds complicated, but it's um, essential if you want to grow that you would have to do if you want to do this for a living. Yep. I, uh, I just got an email request for a sign company here that's wanting to contract me. And they're like, hey, before we get you on anything, we need you to fill this out. We need you to send this to us. And they wanted my proof of insurance before they would even do anything. And it's mm-hmm. that like bigger companies will need that, but it, not all are just want to work for big companies. They, some people just want to paint and sell canvases and you don't really need that as much, but murals are just bigger. Everything is bigger with murals. The profits are bigger. <laughs> so you would say, wait until you have the correct income in order to do that step, right? Yeah, I would just weigh it out. If it's cheap to do all of that, do it. If it costs quite a bit and you're not ready for that investment, wait till you've got some stuff coming in. So tell me, Andrea, what would you say that is your forte when it comes to painting? Is it murals? Is it canvas? What is your biggest income or source of... Yeah, yeah. So... As of right now, like income wise, I would say murals and logos are take up probably 70% of my total income. So murals, like I mentioned, murals are big. 
people will pay good money for big things that are impressive and they get shared online a lot. So that's how I've been able to build my company as quickly as I have just with murals. I love painting large scale. Even in college, I would paint on giant canvases and I just, I love painting large scale. And part of that, so it's murals and then logos are also part of that. And we're actually doing a training inside the academy this week all about logos and how to get logo jobs because last year, yeah, I'd say, I don't know, maybe like 35, 40% is probably made up of logos. Yeah, maybe 30, I don't know. But businesses know the cost of doing business. Like we are small businesses and that's why I said get used to that. But a lot of businesses just, they know the cost of doing business. And so they'll happily pay a thousand dollars for one logo that takes me a day. Like it's very profitable. And where murals, you have to design and do the whole concept thing. Logos are my bread and butter. That's how I got started doing it. And they, they give you their logo. You don't have to design it. There's no back and forth and you just paint it on the wall. And it's often very simple and to the point. And if you can make a really great straight line, that is amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> highly recommend logos and murals. And then maybe 10% is about, is like prints and canvases, which I still, I I like to do. I like to mix it up a little bit, but murals are the main thing. And then maybe 20% or less is teaching through Artist Academy. So I teach aspiring artists to do what I do and that makes up, yeah, 20%. So I spend about one day a week really focusing on teaching everybody every week. Wow. That's really amazing. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Wow. And how do you manage your accountability? Do you use an external service or do you do it by yourself? Okay, so like well, how I keep track of everything I'm exactly. making. So actually, <laughs> I really don't keep track every like all year. I just sit down every year at the end of the year. I spend like an entire day and just go through all of my photos, all of my invoices and everything and just write it all down. I'll also write down where I got the job from. So I know if it's coming from social media, you know, it's coming from word of mouth. If it comes from like interior decorators, like all of these clubs and whatnot. So I'm actually, yeah, I'm really bad about just like keeping track month to month. Me I just, too. yeah. <laughs> way, I was um, asking you this question because I'm the worst. Yeah. It's, I know that there's a, a program called QuickBooks, but I just, I don't want to do <laughs> Maybe eventually. I should probably get into it at some point, but right now, just now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And tell me, how does your week look like? How do you avoid procrastination? That's, you know, (laughs) how do you organize your day? Do you paint eight hours a day or how is your week? Yeah. So... I came from working for that outdoor store for two years, you know, all over. And there we worked 10 hours a day, six days a week painting straight. It was a lot. And I, one of my big motivators as to do a bunch of marketing is I don't ever want to go back to that. It's just too much. (laughs) And we would work 60 to 70, sometimes 80 hour weeks. And It was just a lot. But so I kept that in my mind. I'm like, okay, what if I didn't do that? But if I came back and I really painted for seven, eight hours a day, and that's what I did. I was just, at first, it wasn't very productive. (laughs) I like let my time fill with my husband wanted to go to lunch and I wanted to get my mom wanted to go hang out with me on it. I don't know. I just filled my time with nonsense and I've since got a lot better. I'll set deadlines. That's a major thing. If I, if somebody 
contacts me and they're like, hey, like we don't really have a time frame for this, blah, blah, blah. I'll be like, okay, I'll get the proposal back to you in one week or I'll get the estimate back to you in 24 hours. That way, if I tell them that, I will hold myself to that because they're expecting that from me. So setting deadlines with other people, not just, oh, okay, because a lot of people are like, eh, just do this in your free time. Free time is a myth. We will fill our free time with other things. It's not a thing. And yeah, I'm just doing that. Deadlines are like the best thing to organize your weekend to give your projects, right? Yeah, yeah. And Now that, so I'm doing a lot of things, teaching murals and podcasts and stuff. Now I set a certain day, which works really well for me. Some artists do like the first hour of the day they do proposals or whatnot or invoices. And I do one day. So Monday today is my one day to sit down and do all the things that don't require painting. And then Tuesday through Friday are my painting days. And I just let myself paint those days. But Monday is my permission to not paint and get everything else done. And then I try not to work on the weekends. I went through a phase where I worked seven days a week, like a lot and voluntarily because I, I didn't think that it would last. It was work, right? And you enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And I wanted to make money while it was good because art is very, it's like construction. It's very like feast or famine. It can go, you're really busy and then it's crickets and then you're really busy and it's crickets. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of, I got in that really busy season and I kept it and kept it. And now I'm like, finally at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to have work for a while. There's no like famine in there. And so now I try not to work on the weekends. Although People can get me to work on a weekend if they pay more. So I'll <laughs> offer a rush fee sometimes and I'll say, hey, if you pay me like 200 bucks more, I'll come out on a Saturday and I'll paint your project. That's people who really need stuff. And a lot of the times people will pay it. People will gladly do it. And I'm like, okay, I'll work on a Saturday if I can make a little bit more. <laughs> But yeah, so setting deadlines and just like giving yourself permission. Um, if you want a rest day, give yourself permission for that. But be like, okay, I'm going to rest today and I'm going to kill it tomorrow. But just give yourself that day. Okay, this is a kill it day this is a rest day <laughs> and how do you tell for example your husband no let's go for lunch let's go to see uh, my my family let's go blah, blah blah as you said you're married and how do you say no and it would be I think it'd be difficult right at first yeah it was and I remember so my husband is a hunter so he loves to go like duck hunting and all that stuff and he loves me to come with him and I, I do it with him and all that and so there's a couple hunting seasons where like we would be gone every weekend and finally it just got to a point where I was like I'm not going with you I just I can't do this I can't spend all my free time and he was like oh okay And so communication, Commu I, I, I did, it didn't need to be a big thing, but I could have just communicated and be like, Hey, I need to work. And for him too, really just explaining to people, Hey, I need to put my eight hours in today. Like this is a job for me. And also that comes in handy too, when a lot of people will ask something for free people, because you know, it's art and you love it. And people will be like, Oh, just paint this in your free time, paint my dog for free. I will literally tell them, I, I can't afford to take off work right now. I work eight hours a day. This is my job. And me doing this for you, I would need to take off five hours. That's a half day. And I just, I can't really take off work for that. And they'll be like, oh, I didn't really think of it like that. But it's just treating your art business like a business mm -hmm. and really just taking, taking it seriously and taking yourself seriously too. We give 
so much to our bosses. I gave six days a week, 10 hours a day to my, my old boss kind of type. And so I got that mental switch for me. I was like, okay, I'm giving him way more respect than I'm giving myself right now. I'm not even painting for three hours a day, like back in the day. And so I was like, okay, I really need to switch on this at least seven, eight hour work day. And so usually about seven hours a day. I don't like to paint more than seven. I just, seven is my limit. <laughs> yeah, because when you're painting, I think that like when the hours pass, you start seeing your painting as blurry or you just start getting mad at the painting and just <laughs> you start thinking about negative stuff and and that's horrible <laughs> yeah and it's just it doesn't become as fun and your back kind of hurts and it's just uh, <laughs> so it's just coming out even like some projects mm-hmm. like actually just recently I probably could have stayed and worked like th- 13 hours to finish a project on a day but lately especially I'll just be like okay no I'll stop it the eight hours And I'll put in another three tomorrow. And that just really helps. And just to come at it with a freshness the next day and just finish it up properly. And then that also helps me to take photos in the end. And I'm not like completely worn out at the end of the day. And Andrea, I have to ask you something. <laughs> How do you manage to do content from everything that you do? Like you have to think about your piece. But then you also have to think about the content that you're going to create. Isn't that like really exhausting for you? I like it. It's fun, but you have a lot of stuff to think about. Yeah, I guess I'm just in the habit of doing it. And like before I did painting full time, I did like promotional marketing stuff. And so I was really in the habit of just promoting businesses, promoted online, promoted at a show, promote it, promote. Really, and now it's to the point where if I'm painting something and I'm I don't take if I'm not taking a time lapse of it or I'm not taking photos in the end, I'm like, like I didn't something, do this. <laughs> there's something wrong. Yeah, this is weird. It's really as simple as just getting your phone or your iPad or something and putting it up and just turning on a time lapse, and that's it. And you don't even have to think about it. That's you can edit it afterwards and just and then you're just in the zone. I turn into a, or I turn on a podcast when I'm listening and painting. Oh, me too. And, yeah, <laughs> I just. What do you listen to? Oh gosh, I so audiobooks and really anything business I love <laughs> anything okay. that's like telling me how to make money or just like think of business in a new way like I just I love listening to personal development stuff and just learning how to be a better human I I think like all kids should I would really wish somebody would have given me personal development books as an 18 year old If I would have, maybe I would have taken it, but I just, I feel like I'm so late in life discovering all this stuff. I'm just pleased to think. And I love somebody talking in my ear. I like music doesn't really do it for me. I just, yeah. I, I need to learn something while I'm painting, you know? Yeah. We're so lucky to have yeah. this very right brain thing going on where we can paint and we can learn at the same time. It's amazing. And what are the titles? What do you mean? Oh, so like specifics. I really like to listen to How I Built This mm-hmm. by, I think it's Guy Raz and on NPR, but it's just people building businesses. I'm a big Amy Porterfield fan. She talks about marketing and that's more of teaching people online type of stuff. Let's see. Any kind of, the Tim Ferriss podcast is pretty oh, cool. Oh, me too. Oh my God. He's my inspiration. 
Oh, the the four hour work week changed my life. I listened to that book. Oh, yeah, I haven't. I haven't. Oh, so it changed my life because I like I listened to it about seven years ago mm-hmm. when the whole like online thing was starting to become. And he talks a lot about having a virtual assistant and like, just selling things online and traveling. And I had the actual book is before anybody introduced me to podcasts. And I, I read his book when I was on the plane. I was actually traveling through the the Philippines. and just like traveling and I was reading this book and I could not put it down I was like this guy is a genius and you could and now like he's written so many I read the four-hour body I just he is so I had such a crush what is your what is your favorite interview from him from Tim oh gosh there's so many good ones Matthew McConaughey recent one was my My favorite interview oh really yeah I fell in love with that episode yeah, so you've read his book? No, I haven't. Oh I was, my I was going life? to download it from... Uh, oh, it's Outlook, so good. But I read like the, the caption of the book and I was really interested after hearing the interview, but then I read like the review and said, yeah, parts of my diary. And I was like, eh. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's really great. He's not really like business savvy, but it's more of just like a way of thinking about life. He okay, has such an, yeah, he has such an interesting life. And there's so many things, so many times in his life that he could have been like, oh, poor me. But he's like, oh, this was a learning experience. And just it's just a, a really great way of thinking. Yeah, like this is another path, right? And I will take it. Yeah, exactly. It was called green lights because this is like the green light lighting up of where to go, like go and stop kind of a thing. I was hoping you were going to say the Matthew McConaughey episode, (laughs) really. And when you said it, ah, I was super happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. So would you say TikTok is your main social media platform to promote your work? So I kind of go through phases with TikTok. <laughs> like I went through a phase of really building it and building it. Now it's built and it's there, but Instagram is still like my go-to. Like, especially now that reels have come out. At first I was like, oh, they're just trying to be like TikTok. Uh, and I, now I'm like, okay, like I get it. Cause <laughs> I just re- repost my TikTok videos to reels and the reach is just insane right now. And so I'm just taking advantage of the reels. Like I have gained like 10,000 new followers from reels in the past. I don't know few months or so it's insane it yeah yeah I did a remake on your ghosted oh really on your ghosted video yeah (laughs) I did a remake but in Spanish it was super fun it's super (laughs) funny because it happens hello what is the cost of this and what is the cost of this work and you just tell them the price yeah Okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm going to have to check out this video. So relatable. I will send it to you. So would you say that storytelling is the go-to for yeah, promotion, marketing? Yeah, storytelling or just really just showing someone how you create. I think like having a time lapse up, a time lapse is just the simplest thing anybody could do. Just having it from a blank white wall to creating even a logo or something just big and fun and just showing like the process in 
like 10 seconds so fast because people, I, I actually tried to watch a tutorial that somebody posted on Instagram the other day. It was like 13 minutes long. And I was like, I can't do this. No, <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. It was just, I don't know. I had to like do other things, clean the kitchen and just listen to it because my attention span is so little from TikTok and everything. So like the faster you can get it made, the better. And then make a cute little ending on it. Like, look what I made. Like that's the, the key, I think. I think that our attention span has been reduced thanks to these, um, well, thanks to uh, social media because everything is just 30 seconds and you have to tell a story in just 30 seconds and you have to show everything in just 30 seconds. I just launched some scarves that I designed. Yeah. I had to do like these reels and about how to use them, you know? So I was posing and like this, like this, like this, and then edit, 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 and quick camera, blah, 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 31 seconds. And I was like, oh my God, I have one <laughs> second left. You know, it's crazy. And I think it's the future. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Yeah, the video is so the future. And as soon as people like you can hop on it and just test things out and just try to make it as sometimes I'll go through it. If I have a 45 second video, I'm like, okay. How much can I take out and people still understand what's going on? I really challenge myself to take out, just take it all out. <laughs> it's crazy. So yeah. tell us, how would you describe uh, your style? And how did you manage to find it? Or how long did it take you to find your style? Oh, gosh, I think... It took me so long to find my style. And I'm so jealous of all these artists that are like, I know exactly what I want to paint. I'm like, how do you know that? Because yeah. I had to paint everything. I had to paint everything in order to figure out what I wanted to paint eventually. And for me, but really it's so funny because if I just looked back to what I liked as a kid, what I liked in college, like I think we, we let all this like business lingo and just how to make money and stuff that fog our natural creativity. And we would just think back to what we liked as kids, which is pink things and pink and glitter. That's how you do it. But I went through everything. I was like, well, I'm going to try to paint people. Well, I'm trying to paint pets. Hate both of those. No, do not ask me to paint them, but just figuring it out. And so now if I can paint with pink and glitter, and pearl accents and just oh it's my favorite thing but it also came with the idea of it being okay with that because for the longest time i thought to be taken seriously i needed to paint realistic and i needed to paint what other people liked and what other people were buying landscapes and all of that which i liked it but it took me a long time to to post something with glitter in it and once i did it just started going crazy it was the the response was amazing so would you say that animals are your favorite thing to paint and clouds uh, clouds i'm in a clouds phase right oh, now it's yeah. they're beautiful <laughs> thanks yeah yeah definitely clouds and animals and just anything about people anything fun like anything that's just fun you know what happens to me i really don't know yet how to draw realistic and how to paint human faces realistically and I feel that I'm not an artist because I just can't paint those and I feel that I, I need to learn to paint those things in order to call myself an artist yeah and I I can definitely get to where you're feeling because a lot of people have that imposter syndrome of I'm an artist but I'm not as good 
as all the other artists that I see on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I think there's, it's a really great thing that we have Instagram because we know it's possible and we can learn from these artists, but then you're like comparing yourself to all these amazing people and just know that everybody started exactly where you are. And I tell people all the time, like I was not the best artist in my class of 30. Like it was just it like you have it, but it, practice is everything. So the more time anybody can spend with a paintbrush in your hand, the better. And don't put so much pressure on yourself to niche down right away because it'll come and just giving practice with paintbrush in your hand to where you feel good about what you're doing. And if you need a little bit of a confidence boost, I, I say that is like first and foremost, but if you need a confidence boost, just remind yourself or just show your art to kids because kids will tell you exactly how amazing <laughs> you are because you are. And just compare it to anybody who doesn't do art they're going to think your stuff is amazing. <laughs> so just keep off the comparison a little bit, but still keep practicing. Thank you for the advice. And it's been so useful. All of your words have been so useful. Thank you very much. Okay. Tell me what, do you have a life uh, motto, a phrase that you keep telling yourself or a phrase that just got stuck in your head once you read it, once you saw it? Do you have something yeah. like that? Yeah, actually. And it all comes full, full full circle because like my grandmother used to teach me how to paint as a kid. And then I remember at her funeral, she actually died right before I got my big break in art. But I remember being there and her like them saying her main quote was, it's just paint. You can paint over it just like life. If something happens, you can redo it. Nothing is permanent. And so that it's just paint. You can paint over it. It has just stuck with me forever. Like we all think like whenever we make our, our website, like it has to be perfect and we have to do everything perfectly. Or even when I made the first podcast episode, I was like, I'm just throwing things out there and it's going to get better as it goes. Like this, if you make a mistake, it's okay. You can just paint over it. There's nothing, nothing is permanent. What would you say is your favorite book, film, or, and songs? <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> like, anything from Tim Ferriss, anything. And the, the Goal Digger podcast is pretty good. So Goal Digger, it's really good for marketing. Oh, so book, Art, Money, Success by Maria Brophy is a must for yeah. all artists. She is amazing. I actually got the chance to interview her on a podcast in the beginning and when I first started it and I was just blown away. She is so cool. Like she, her art, her book, Art, Money, Success, everybody, every artist needs to read it. Perfect. Favorite film? Oh gosh, <laughs> I am actually not. I actually worked at movie gallery before in college and I'm just not a big movie person. <laughs> just really? Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not a big TV person. <laughs> so you don't watch series? You don't watch Netflix? Sometimes? Um, so now I will. I remember I went through a year where I was like painting all the time and I cut out Netflix. I was like, that's an easy thing for me. And so I tell people too, if you really want to get a boost in your art career, cut out Netflix just for a year, just mm -hmm. give it a year. And so now I will like, we, I don't know. I can't really think of, one. oh, what was that one? It's like an old time one. They're like old. Gosh, I can't remember, but it's basically <laughs> Based, it's a net, it's a, a Netflix original based back in the time when people like, uh, gosh, I don't even know. I'll have to, I'll look it up and I'll tell you. It's something with a B, I think. Okay. Yeah, you have to actually cut out Netflix because you're so 
into painting and I think that your like audible things help us right and to distract ourselves because mm -hmm. our eyes are on the painting yeah yeah and oh no a lot of people can like watch movies and paint and at the same time I'm just that I'm not that person <laughs> I tried to do it I, I got some headaches that were really horrible so I said no that's not for me yeah <laughs> what is the best and worst advice that someone has given you okay yeah I have the perfect one so I remember when I back when I did like marketing and promotions and stuff, I remember I would go to people and be like, hi, I'm Andrea, like super excited, blah, blah, blah. And I remember one person told me, they're like, you really need to have more of a poker face whenever you like a stern, like you really need to be more professional when you meet people like this. And that stuck with me for a long time, thinking that I was my natural, like high energy, really happy, wasn't good. And it's really in the last couple of years, I've really just ditched that advice. And because really the more personality that you can put out in your art, the better, the more people like you, the more you smile, like there's no need. If anybody ever tells you not to smile in business terms, they're, they're doing it wrong. That's the worst advice I've ever gotten. <laughs> and the best? Oh gosh. Uh, to treat your art business like a business, like eight hours a day, just invoices, cash flow, like just get a little bit of, get a little bit of business in your art. Not enough to like fade all the creativity out of you, but really just to treat it like a business. And that's why I help artists with that. I love the business side and making money and sales and all of that. I oddly love it. I tell people like oddly, <laughs> and I love to talk about it and teach it. And so I teach it to others. So if you could go, if you could take someone to dinner dead or alive who would it be an artist so who is your biggest inspiration <laughs> I would love to take Tim Ferriss and or a Amy Porterfield she's a big one she's just an inspiration <laughs> If you could go back in time and live in a different era when would it be Oh gosh it's back in the era of the Netflix show that I can't think of oh it's called no. What? What is it called? Oh, it, it, it's called uh, Bridgerton is what it's called. That's the ah. Netflix. I would go back and live in that, even though like artists, actually artists weren't taken seriously back then or whatever, but the love stories of that <laughs> were just so awesome. The outfits. <laughs> yeah, the outfits. <laughs> I think it's so cool. Yeah, it, it's really beautiful. I haven't watched Bridgerton, but I, I will give Bridgerton. it a, yeah. a chance. And well, Andrea, it was amazing to, to have this um, talk with you. Do you have any message that you could give to the people that, it, that are listening or an advice? I don't know, whatever you feel. Yeah, so you want to say. Yeah, this advice, a, an art professor gave it to me when I was in college, and I was just like, yeah, I kind of brushed it off. But, and now I sell it to people all the time, paint all the time, paint every day, paint a painting every day, every week, just paint all the time, because that is the basis of everything. The better you can be and the more stuff you have to promote, just that, that is the basis of everything. Just find time, find an hour a day, at least to paint and you like things will magically start to happen for you. Thank you very much, Andrea, for your time. It was a pleasure talking to you, and I had an amazing time. I hope that you had a good time, too. Yeah, it was so great to meet you. I'm so glad we did this. Thank you yeah. for asking all of these questions. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was great to meet you.
This episode is sponsored by the Mural Master Program inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership. This program is specifically designed to help you with every step of the mural process. From coming up with an idea, to finding a wall to paint it on, to pitching your ideas to businesses, and finally, of course, I teach you exactly how to paint large scale. Murals are a lot of fun and a great way to grow your art business. I know because it has been one of the top ways that I've been able to grow my own art business as quickly as I have. With several years of experience as a muralist, I've dialed down the painting techniques, the proposals, the pitching, the whole bit. And now I've compiled it into one resource for you called the Mural Master Program. This is included inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership, and I would love to invite you to join us by going to artistacademy.co, that is artistacademy.co, and click the link to see the Mural Master Program and learn more. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. If you review our podcast and send a screenshot of that review to me on Instagram, I am art by Andrea Earhart. I will gladly share your art on my Instagram story with a reach of over 60,000 as a thank you for helping us grow this Artist Academy community. And speaking of community, if you would like to be a part of our absolutely free and very encouraging community on social media, just head over to facebook.com slash groups slash Artist Academy, and I will see you next week. <laughs>